Dearly beloved, we are gathered here together in the sight of God and before the face of these witnesses to unite Graham Jaroski and Courtney Lee in the bonds of holy matrimony. Marriage is an honorable estate instituted by God in the time of man's innocency, signifying unto us the mystical union that is between Christ and his church, which holy estate Christ adorned and beautified with his presence and the first miracle that he wrought in Cana of Galilee. And marriage is commended to us by the writer to the Hebrews as being honorable among all men. Marriage was ordained primarily for the mutual society, help, and comfort that the one should enjoy with the other, both in prosperity and adversity. In order to be brought into this holy estate, Graham and Courtney now stand before us. Therefore, if any man can show any just cause why they may not be lawfully joined together, let him now speak, or else hereafter forever to hold his peace. Our Lord God declared that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Who gives this woman to be married to this man? Her mother and I. Everyone, please be seated. The text of our message this evening comes from the Holy Bible in the book of Hebrews in the 13th chapter and the 4th verse. We read there that marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Tonight, I want to focus on those opening words of the text, marriage is honorable, marriage is honorable. We are here tonight to witness and celebrate this most blessed event in the lives of Graham and Courtney. Yet, at the same time, we are honoring Graham and Courtney as they are ushered into this honorable estate. And God is honored as we honor his holy institution. The word translated in our text as honorable in the original language means to be valuable, worthy, costly, most precious, esteemed, and beloved. And so we should not speak disparagingly of marriage. In the Apostle Paul's first epistle to Timothy, in the opening of the fourth chapter, we read that to forbid marriage is a doctrine of devils. Matthew Henry, commenting on this text, writes of those who speak very reproachfully of marriage, even though it is an ordinance of God. And so, even to speak disparagingly of marriage is to curse like devils. As we shall see, marriage is honorable in its author in its institution, in its application, and in Christ. So first, marriage is honorable in its author. Marriage is honorable because of who came up with it. The eternal, infinite, and triune God 
is the one who conceived of marriage. Could there be anyone greater or anyone in any way more excellent than he is to have invented marriage? Indeed, in a manner of speaking, all three of the glorious persons of the Godhead consulted with one another for the institution of marriage. For when the Lord God said that it is not good for man to be alone, to whom else was he speaking but himself? Marriage was the first ordinance which God instituted after creation. Therefore, marriage has the honor of antiquity above all other ordinances. God was the one who ordained marriage and appointed it. All of God's works are honorable and glorious, and marriage is no exception. Think about it. It was the Lord God himself who first officiated at a wedding. No man or angel brought the very first bride to the very first groom. It was God himself. He brought Eve to Adam, and the Lord was the one who solemnized their marriage. It is God who joined them together and made them one flesh. He knitted them together, even like the Lord's mysterious knitting of a baby in her mother's womb. So, you see, the Lord God himself has honored marriage. As the Puritan Daniel Rogers put it, you cannot defile that which God has stamped with honor. Marriage, secondly, is also honorable in its institution. While all other ordinances were instituted outside of paradise, marriage was instituted in paradise in the happiest place, and in every way the most excellent place that there ever was in this world. And remember, marriage was given to Adam and Eve while they were both still innocent from sin, and everything was beautiful. In the creation account in the book of Genesis, after the Lord had made each thing, we read, And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. We read that five times in the passage. And then even after that, we read again, Behold, it was very good. But then suddenly, as we are reading along, we come to these words. It is not good. If we were careful students of the Bible... At that point, we would fall out of our chairs. What? It is not good? How can that be? For you see, the Lord God says that it is not good before sin came into the world. Before Adam's fall into sin. Before Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. How can this be? It is not good. In paradise, in man's state of innocency. What was it that was not good? God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. You see, Adam was lonely. Wait a minute. This is before his fall into sin. So at this point, Adam had perfect communion and fellowship with God. Yes, that's right. But he was lonely. 
sinless Adam in paradise was lonely without his bride. You see, the Lord God made a suitable and intimate companion for him. That was God's solution. After God created Adam, he made Eve. Not some youth pastor to teach Adam how to be content with his singleness. Hey, Adam, let's get together Friday for some pizza. No, Adam was lonely, and so God gave him a wife. In order to turn something that was not good into something that is good, God instituted marriage and honored it. Thirdly, marriage is honorable in its application. Sadly, we often act like brats before God. When we are given this precious gift of marriage, we spoil it in our hands and then blame God for it. Marriage is not evil. Sin is what is evil. Marriage is not our enemy. Indeed, sin shows itself as our enemy when it deceives us in thinking that the evil lies within our marriage, when actually the evil lies within ourselves. Marriage is the most intimate human relationship possible on earth. So what do you get when two sinners marry? Conflict. But the fault is not with marriage. It is with the two sinners. So marriage is not burdensome. It is your sin in marriage which is burdensome. Marriage is not a kind of bondage. It is the sinfulness that you bring to marriage, which is bondage. Friends, are you married? Do you have conflicts and strife with your husband or wife? Don't blame God's holy institution of marriage. The fault always lies with us. Are we not given to pride? Are we not prone to selfishness in our marriages? If we find no joy, comfort, or help in marriage, let us not blame the institution of marriage, which God made honorable. Let us not grumble in our hearts when we are the ones who spoil God's good gift. Lastly, marriage is honorable in Christ. Christ honored marriage, as we said at the opening, with his presence at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and in performing his first miracle there. Christ honored marriage by comparing the kingdom of God to a wedding, holiness to a wedding garment, and in speaking positively about the marriage between Adam and Eve. The word of God also honors marriage when it speaks of it as a picture of the relationship between Christ and his bride, the church. And the Lord Jesus Christ will purify his bride so she will be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Through the shedding of Christ's blood, his bride is cleansed and forgiven. This is the gospel. Jesus loves and beautifies his bride and gave himself for her. He gave everything he had for her. In the same way, Scripture tells us, Husbands, love your wives. 
It has been said before, but it is worth repeating, that we cannot properly understand our marriage relationship unless we understand the relationship between Christ and the church. Do you see this groom, Graham, standing before us? And his bride, Courtney, standing here with him. What we are looking at is a solemn and glorious painting, which is just about to be completed. Do you see this painting here before us? In this picture, we see Graham representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And Courtney, the church, his beloved bride, which Christ will beautify, and it's now already beautifying. If you can't see this painting tonight, then I'm afraid you neither see the honor nor the blessing which the Lord gave to marriage. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is folded into and hidden in each one of our marriages. Marriage is honored then, even with the gospel, God's good news to all of mankind. Let us pray. Great eternal God and blessed Heavenly Father, we do praise you and we give you thanks for this day. We thank you for the blessed gift of marriage and how you yourself stamped it with honor. We also, Lord, thank you for this great privilege. How great is this privilege to witness today the joining together of Graham and Courtney in marriage. O Lord, we pray that you would bless them in this marriage and that you would always keep a vision in their minds of this picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, in the midst of their marriage. Hear us now, for we do pray in that sweet name, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.